0: As we prepare to hear the word of God, let us pray for illumination. Holy One, through your Holy Spirit, illumine our hearts and instruct us by your word that we may hear your call to become your path into the world. In Christ we pray, amen. Our first scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he is to save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And pondered what sort of greeting this might be the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary for you have found favor with God and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him Jesus he will be great and he will be called the son of the Most High and the Lord God will give him to the throne of his ancestor David he will reign over the house of Jacob forever And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will also be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Holy wisdom, holy word. Amen. Thanks be to
1: Good morning. What a beautiful morning it is to be in church, and give a special thanks this morning to our Knox Choir, who not only are providing beautiful music for this service, but will be singing all afternoon as a part of our Knox Music Series as we welcome people into our church. We're grateful for all of you. Let us pray together. God, in the midst of this Advent season, We come so full of hope and also worry and stress with so much to do. Surround us with the peace of your Holy Spirit and the grace that comes through your love. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer, amen. When I was 11 years old, I had in my bedroom a staple of 1980s technology. Perhaps you were familiar with it. It was called a clock radio. It was amazing. It told me the time, it included a snooze button, and I could turn the dial on the radio so that 99 and a half WZPL Indianapolis would wake me in the morning. And I might, if they chose to play it, be graced by the dulcet tones of Def Leppard. (laughs) It is easy to take it for granted the speed with which technology has moved along since that time. We experience little conveniences every single day without thinking much about them. But for whatever reason, earlier this week, I caught sight of one of them and I was momentarily blown away when I passed by the bedroom of my 11-year-old son and heard him say, to his own clock radio. Alexa, what will the weather be today? (laughs) To which Alexa replied, the weather in Cincinnati, Ohio will be partly sunny today with a high of 56 degrees. That's five degrees warmer than yesterday. (laughs) Unbelievable. If my 11 year old self could have witnessed that, I would have thought it to be pure fantasy. My family today might as well be the Jetsons. (laughs) Now, setting aside for today the many concerns we may have about the rapid spread of technology, for the Alexa Dot is far from the most advanced thing we can do, it is truly incredible to think about some of the things humankind has accomplished. And that the idea I wish to speak about today is that none of it is possible except for the work of creative geniuses who are willing to believe that the impossible can happen. This morning, I wanna talk about that idea about imagining the impossible, which is not only necessary for technological innovation, but is essential to the life of faith Today's message is a bit of a rebound from last Sunday when we talked about hope, hope in the midst of a world that we know will continue to be broken. That message is true, and it is also true that in the midst of a broken world, there are things that quite miraculously get better. And an important part of the message of Advent is that the belief that God is coming into the world is amazing and transformative for you and for me and for the entire world. But in order to be a part of that miracle, we have to be able to imagine it. Imagination is something we mostly associate with little children. My six-year-old loves the Cincinnati Bengals, and he loves, after watching them, to venture out into the backyard and all by himself play a full game of football, complete with multiple players, offense and defense, penalties, field goals, and two-point conversions. (laughs) And none of that is incredible at all, because all kids do it. I clearly remember playing basketball in my own childhood driveway with Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and tennis with Boris Becker. Why not? They were regular people just like me. They put their pants on one leg at a time, probably even had a clock radio. Why not imagine it? In adulthood, though, Imagination gets harder. We are more inclined to look at the world with the reality of brokenness always in front of us, and we are often afraid to imagine that things could be different than they are. But imagination is desperately needed in order for human beings to flourish. Imagination is what helps an addict to conceive of life without using. Imagination is what restores relationships when family members have been estranged for a long time. Imagination is what leads to transformational change in neighborhoods beset by crime and poverty. The fact is, huge positive steps like these happen in life all the time. But they only happen when first some adult person can imagine it. Imagination has its roots in who God created us to be. It is about rediscovering who we've been all along. Biblical scholar Walter Brueggemann cites Isaiah 43, which says, Do not remember the former things. Behold, I am doing a new thing. And Brueggemann calls that kind of vision, which comes up all over the Bible, he calls it prophetic imagination. In order for new things to happen in the Bible, a prophet, a visionary, has to be able to imagine it. And Old Testament words that we think about in Advent are always part of this kind of imagination. Think about the words we speak in Advent. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The New Testament stories of Advent say much the same thing. In the Gospel of Luke, the passage we read from today, Mary is visited by an angel. Sometimes I suspect that because an angel appears in a Bible story, we assume that it was not so shocking for the person in the story. It's kind of like Mary is sitting there and the angel appears, and she must be thinking, well, this is unusual, but I am in a Bible story, so I guess it's okay. The reality is that there's no reason to think that being visited by an angel was any less shocking for Mary than it would be for you or for me. The story clearly states that Mary is perplexed and that she is afraid. I wonder if, like some of us have experienced, this was a bizarre but somehow wonderful moment in her life. It was something that she was not at all sure about. And perhaps she wondered to herself, maybe, just maybe, that was an angel. The important thing about the story is less what happened and more how Mary chose to respond. She was able to go with it, to imagine a new and a different life for herself, for her family, for the world around her. And because she could imagine it, she chose to live for it. It is prophetic imagination. Joseph's part of the story has a similar quality to it. Who, upon reading this story and giving it some thought, does not see all the reasons to doubt? Not only is there... Another appearance of an angel, but the story has all kinds of real-world problems. When Mary becomes pregnant, the obvious conclusion is that she must have been unfaithful, or perhaps worse, the victim of violence. Either way, the story reminds us that the cultural standard would have been for Joseph to dismiss her. But Joseph can imagine something different. We will never know whether he really believed that the child was from God, or he just had a deep capacity for for kindness and forgiveness. But for whatever reason, Joseph decides that he can still imagine a life for them together. And somehow Mary believes him. And it is because of the imagination they share that they have a future. Things are sometimes not so different for you and for me. Life is so full of instances where we assume that things can be no different from what they are, but sometimes it's otherwise. Sometimes our imagination shines through the reasons to despair and somehow we go along with the dream. Today, in this worship service, we shared in a baptism. Every time a baptism takes place, I am surrounded by the wonder and awe of imagining the life that lies ahead for the family. The experience of that child will change the parents forever. Moms and dads are never again quite the same person as they are before this gigantic gift and responsibility comes along. Five or 10 or 20 years down the road, who will they have become? What will they have learned about the depth of love that they never knew they had within them? And of course, there's the child Who will this little girl or boy grow up to be? What will their gifts and skills and struggles and quirks be? What will be their life's work? Whose lives will they touch? Whose loves will they have? And what stories will they tell? It is all so amazing to imagine. And perhaps that's why God comes into the world in the form of a child, because it brings up all of these wondrous things for us to imagine. When the shepherds and the magi arrive at the manger, they ask questions just like the ones we might ask at a baptism. As the old Christmas carol goes, what child is this who, laid to rest on Mary's lap, is sleeping? It is the same question we must ask of ourselves. Who am I? Who will I be in this world? Will I allow my life to be shaped by hopelessness and despair? Or will I, inspired by God, have the imagination to dream that things can be different and better than they are? That is the power of the story of Christmas. But Jesus invites us into a new life to bring us a future with hope. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary.